Welcome to the Dream Job System, the only podcast that provides proven tangible strategies to help you land a job you love without traditional experience and without applying online. Get ready to level up your job search with your host, Austin Belsack. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack, and happy 2023. Happy New Year. I hope your year's off to an amazing start, and I also hope you had some awesome plans to relax and enjoy the last couple of days and weeks of 2022. But we are in for an awesome year ahead, and I want to kick things off with a bang. I want to kick things off by giving you my exact five-step system that I'm teaching everybody in order to help them land a job they love without applying online in the first couple of weeks and months of 2023. So that's what this episode is going to focus on, and it's going to give you the exact roadmap and blueprints you can get out there and start enacting this stuff. And you can start landing those interviews, you can start landing those offers, and you can get the heck out of the job search and into your dream job. So here we go. The first step of this five-step process is to get some clarity. Now, if you've been following along or listening to the podcast late last year, I hope that you spent a little bit of time doing this already. But if you didn't, that's totally fine. You don't need to spend a ton of time here, but you do need to spend time here. And by here, I mean getting really, really clear on exactly where you want to go with the job search. So the specific job titles you're targeting, the specific industries that you're targeting, and the specific companies that you're targeting as well. This step is overlooked by most job seekers, and that is a huge mistake because when you don't have a clear North Star, when you don't have a clear picture of where you're going, you tend to spread your energy thin. You tend to spread it across multiple channels. Maybe you're chasing this job title over here, but also this second job title. And now all of a sudden, your energy is split between creating two stories, two narratives, coming up with examples for two totally different job titles. And that's exhausting. And that also means that you're not giving 100% of your focus to one specific goal. Whereas other job seekers who are giving 100% of their focus to that specific goal, they're just more likely to beat you out for those roles because they're investing more into landing them. So I want you to get really, really clear on that singular focus where you're going to go next. And there are many ways to do this. You can do some journaling. You need to do some reflection. My favorite exercises here are to sit down and think about everything that you get in, in a new job. So we're talking salary. We're talking a new manager. We're talking a new team, new culture, new salary, new benefits, new product, new impact that you're making with your work, all of that stuff. I want you to sit down and I want you to prioritize those things from top to bottom. And then once you have those prioritized, I want you to sit down and come up with a couple of examples for each one. So when you say, I want a job with a great manager, what specifically does a great manager do? What qualities do they have? What actions do they take? What do they do that makes them a great manager specifically? And then I want you to do the same thing for culture and the team and the salary and the work that you do and the product. What couple of specific things can you identify in order to say, yes, this is a good fit for me? Because going through this exercise will allow you to look at a company to vet them and say, this company matches most of my criteria for what I'm looking for. Therefore, I think it's a good fit and I should invest my time here. Most job seekers don't do that. And instead, they just go to the job board, they look at what jobs are available, they apply to those jobs, and then if they get an interview, they start to do some of that research around whether or not this is a fit. And I think that's a big mistake because essentially what we're doing is we're hoping that a company takes a chance on us and we're not figuring out whether or not that company is a great fit for us until that company has already said yes to us. Whereas if we flip that script, if we say, this is the company that is a great fit for me, I'm going to invest 
a ton of my energy. I'm going to focus most of my energy on getting in the door at this company. You're much more likely to get a yes from that company because you're increasing your investment in getting that yes. You're using multiple channels. So that is the first step in the process is to get that clarity. Once you have that clarity, you can move into step two, which is creating a list of target companies. Now, I recommend targeting around 15 companies for this. And the reason that we're doing this is because we want to have a specific focus. We want to have a scope that we can invest 100% of our energy in. But we don't want that list to be too, too large, because if we have 50 companies or 100 companies on our target list, one, you're not really that targeted because there's no way that 100 companies can check most of these criteria for you. And also, it's going to take you a ton of time to find all those companies if they do. So that is way too many companies on the list. And on top of all the stuff I just mentioned, it dilutes your focus because you can't go really, really deep with 100 companies in the same way that you can go really, really deep with 15 companies. So we don't want to have too many companies on this list. We also don't want to have too few because if we put all of our eggs in one, two, three baskets, that's just setting ourselves up for failure. As is true with any process, there's going to be some attrition. There's going to be some rejection. There's going to be some failure. We're not going to get offers at 100% of the companies on our target list. So if we only have one or two or three, we're just decreasing the chances of us actually landing a job offer in a reasonable time frame. So through my data and through the coaching that I've done with hundreds of people, I found 15 to be the sweet spot where it's large enough to increase our surface area for success when it comes to landing an offer, but it's also small enough so that we can invest 100% of our energy into each of these companies, we can go really, really deep with them. And the way that you find these companies, unfortunately, there isn't really a shortcut to this. You need to take all of the criteria that you created in that reflection exercise in step one, and then you need to go apply to companies that are out there. So you essentially need to go out and find companies, whether that's through job boards, whether that's through lists like 100 best companies to work for, the Inc. 5000, uh, the Fortune 500, any of those types of lists, or you can just go run searches for things like fastest growing companies in X industry or most innovative companies in X industry, or best companies to work for in X industry. These types of searches will give you a lot of lists and open the doors to smaller companies that may not be on those F500 lists or those FANG company lists or any of those super, super high profile companies. Not to say that you shouldn't include those on your list, but it's great to have a diverse range. And that brings me to my final point for these 15 companies is that you do want to have a range. You want to have one, two, three stretch companies, super dream companies on there. What I mean by super dream company is basically a company that you would absolutely kill to work for. That would be the pinnacle of your career. You want to chase those because you never know. If you don't chase them, that's the only way you 100% guarantee that you won't get in the door. But we also don't want them to make up 100% of our list. So then we want to have eight to 10, what I call middle of the road companies or stepping stone companies. And these are companies that allow you to step into those dream companies eventually, but they also check the boxes for all of your criteria in the short term. And then we want to have a couple of sandbox companies. Now, sandbox companies are companies that you don't have a big investment in and allow you to test out some of these strategies in a low stakes environment. So if you're testing out a new experiment for your resume, or if you're testing out a new networking strategy, or if you're testing out a new interview strategy, you can do all those things on sandbox companies. And if you end up getting rejected, that's okay. You weren't really super invested in, in them in the first place. And the reason why these are great is because we can start with those sandbox companies. We can make some mistakes. We can test things out. And then we can get really clear and confident on what works for us. We can build a system around that. And then we can apply that to the companies that really matter, the stepping stone companies and the dream companies. 
So that's the second step here is to come up with a list of 15 target companies. The third step is to come up with a list of 15 contacts at each of those companies. Now, the reason that we do this is because these numbers tend to statistically back out to work in our favor for landing a job offer. So what I mean by that in more plain English is through all the data that I've collected around my own job search and coaching hundreds and hundreds of people on the job search is that if we have a minimum of 15 contacts at 15 companies, when we look at every single step in the job search process from reaching out to people, from having those informational interviews to landing referrals, then having the phone screen, then getting to the final round, then landing the offer. At each one of those steps, we're going to have some attrition. There's going to be a percentage of people who fall off the radar, who don't want to help us anymore. So what I found is that 15 people at 15 companies is the sweet spot for maximizing our odds when it comes to going all the way through that funnel and coming out the other side with a job offer. So who do you target? Well, basically, you're aiming for the people who can have the most influence over your ability to get hired. Now, the number one person in that category is the hiring manager, but we're not always going to be able to find the hiring manager. So the next best people are your potential peers or colleagues, people who are on the hiring team who, if you got hired into this team, they would be the person sitting at the desk next to you. They would have the same job title. They'd be working right alongside of you. Those people have a lot of influence over the hiring decision. They may even be interviewing you. So I would focus on those folks. And then right outside of that, we have people who work on supporting teams and in supporting roles in the same department. So folks who are on other teams who may have relationships with the hiring manager or the hiring team. And then right outside of that, we just have people who work at the company in general who can refer you in because a referral is going to be far, far more effective for you than in applying online. And that's really what we're going for here. So even if we get a referral from somebody who doesn't necessarily have relationships with people on the team, that's still going to be a big win for us. And you can use LinkedIn to find all these people. You can just head to LinkedIn. You can run a search for the target job title that you're looking for. So the job title for a potential hiring manager, the job title for the role that you're getting hired into, the job title for people in these supporting roles on supporting teams. You can use the company filter to filter for your target company. And that should give you a list of folks that you can then start to vet. You can click on their profiles, You can review their information and you can choose the people who you feel are closest to the role and that you have the best chance of building a relationship with. And that brings me to step number four, which is building relationships with these people in a way that turns them into advocates. Because there are two types of referrals out there. There are one and done referrals and there are advocates. Now, most people get one and done referrals, which is where you reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'd love a job at your company. Can you help me out? And they say, sure, no problem. I'll refer you in, you know, send me your resume. And they just put your name in the portal and that's it. They kind of wipe their hands, job done, and they move on. And those are okay for sure. But a lot of times what happens is you get that quote referral and then nothing happens. You don't actually get an interview. And the reason behind that is because nobody's actually selling you. Nobody's actually advocating you for you or going to bat for you. And therefore you're not actually ending up with an interview or anything meaningful. Whereas on the flip side, we have advocates. These are people who know our value, who really understand what we bring to the table. And these are people who not only refer us in, but they go to the hiring manager, they email them and say, hey, I've been talking to this person, Austin. He has an amazing background. You need to consider him for this open role on your team. Here's his resume. Here are specific things that he's done, specific experience and results that directly align to what you're looking for. If you're interested, let me know and I'll make an introduction. That's the type of person that we want. And the only way that we get those advocates is if we build the relationship up first. So what I want you to think about here when it comes to these relationships is focusing on the other person. 
And the biggest mistake that job seekers make is using what I call a quote me mindset where we reach out and say, hey, I need this thing for me. Look, I'm looking for a job. Can you refer me into your company? Or can you review my resume? Or can you pass my resume along to somebody else? Or can you make this introduction for me? It's all me, me, me. And that doesn't work. So instead, I want you to view your relationship like a checking account, like a bank account. If we want a referral, that might cost us 20 social dollars, let's say. If we try to make that withdrawal upfront before we have any social capital in this relationship, we're going to overdraft our account. And that comes with consequences. So instead, what we want to do is lead off the relationship by adding value to the other person. We want to make those social deposits in small, consistent ways over time so that we eventually build the relationship up to the point where we have enough social capital to make that withdrawal, to ask for the referral. So instead of just reaching out and telling this person you're looking for a job, I want you to research them. And I want you to come up with what I call an engagement plan. So an engagement plan is basically two to three different ways that you could reach out to this person to make it about them. So can you recognize them for a career change they made? Can you recognize them for a project that they worked on? Can you recognize them for something that they created? Can you help them out in some way? If they have a big event coming up, can you send people their way who might sign up? Can you make a mutually beneficial introduction? Can you host them on a podcast or a blog that you have? These are all just very small one-off ideas, and they're just a few of many. But basically, what we want to do is look at the other person and say, how can I add value to this person? What can I do to make this person's life easier? And that's what you want to lead with. And I promise you, if you lead with that, instead of just showing up with your palm out asking for stuff, you are going to get far more responses. And not only will you build relationships, but you will turn these people into advocates who are going to go to bat for you and who are going to refer you into this job. And that brings us to step five, which is finding unique and creative ways to illustrate your value that also differentiates you from the competition. So everybody else who's going after these roles is going to have a resume, is going to have a cover letter, is going to have a LinkedIn profile, may or may not have a referral. So while having great setups in all those areas is good, we definitely want that, we need another way to showcase our value. So this can look different for different people. Personally, I recommend using something that I call a value validation project or VVP for short. And a VVP is essentially a small project that you put together that shows that you've done research on this company, that you understand the opportunities, the challenges they're facing, the initiatives they're rolling out, the goals that they have. And then it delivers some ideas or solutions that directly align to those goals, challenges, or initiatives and the role that you might be hired for. So for example, if you are targeting a marketing role, you might go audit this company's marketing strategy. You might go audit their competitor's marketing strategy. Then you might understand that, hey, they are rolling out this marketing initiative in the next year. The role that you might be hired into is focused directly on that initiative. Okay, so let's go build out a slide deck that has three ideas to help them make the most of that initiative, to help them blow the doors off their goals within the scope of the role that you're applying for. And the beautiful part about this is that it's so effective in so many ways. First, it allows you to own your message and to deliver it in your own words. The biggest problem with resumes and cover letters and LinkedIn profiles is that we have to use this weird job search language that we never use anywhere else. Whereas with a VVP, you can just use plain English. You can 
deliver this information in the way that feels most comfortable and efficient to you. And then on top of that, this is how people are used to receiving ideas. Nobody is used to receiving an idea in a resume with that weird resume language or in a cover letter. Typically, when somebody has an idea, they put together a PowerPoint of that idea or a slide deck of that idea and they present it in a meeting and they present it in plain language and they present it using sales and marketing tactics to get buy-in from their peers. That is the way that business typically works. And so why do we not do that in the job search? So that's exactly why the VVP is so effective. And then on top of it, it's different from what everybody else is doing. Nobody else is putting together these projects. So by simply making the effort to put together this value validation project, not only are you clarifying the value that you bring to the table and delivering it in a way that is more easily digested by the hiring team, but you're also doing something that clearly sets you apart from an enthusiasm perspective and a work ethic perspective from all of your competition. And that is going to help go above and beyond to win you this role in addition to everything else that you've done, getting that referral, researching this company, focusing 100% on this select group of companies. So that is the system for 2023. If you want to land a dream job without applying online, these are the five steps you need to follow. And I hope that this gives you a clear blueprint for some action that you want to take. But if you want to dive even deeper, I'm hosting a free masterclass later this month where I'm going to walk you through this system in extreme detail. We are going to go so, so, so much deeper on these concepts. So if that's interesting to you, if you want to get more detail, more action, more strategies that are going to help you level up your job search and land that dream job without applying online, all you need to do is go to cultivatedculture.com forward slash masterclass. The link is below in the show notes. Again, that's cultivatedculture.com forward slash masterclass. Hopefully I'll see you there, but either way, thank you as always for listening and I will see you in the next episode of the podcast. 